2: All right, we are back on the Dr. Dolly Show. Thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven 877 1877 dali docdali So today we celebrate President's Day. And originally it was George Washington's birthday. This was established in the 1800s to commemorate the first president. And then later with the Uniform Holiday Act, they moved it to a Monday so people could have Monday off. I think the original day was February 22nd. And then we also wanted to memorialize Abraham Lincoln. So birthdays of Washington, Abraham Lincoln, rather than having a birthday for every single president, they decided to apply it to everybody. So Washington's birthday started in 1885, got moved over for the Uniform Monday Holiday Act, which gave everybody now a three-day weekend. But the President's Day, it's interesting because many people don't look at this as a holiday to me. I love the idea of honoring, you know, our presidents, honoring this country's growth, uh, this country's ability to survive. But it does beg the question, what makes a good president? Now, we have some people that think Biden is the best president since sliced bread. Uh, Others, Trump. uh, Others, Obama. I mean, Abraham Lincoln, to me, is high up there because, you know, abolishing slavery. That was huge. Uh, some people don't like Abraham Lincoln because they said we still had a civil war as a result. So it's it's very subjective. There's a couple polls which are interesting on how they rank the presidents. One put Trump near the bottom. Another one had Trump in the middle. So it's interesting how, you know, who are you polling? So YouGov has the most popular U.S. presidents, and this was done As of the uh, last fiscal quarter of 2023, Abraham Lincoln topped the list. Then came George Washington. John F. Kennedy, Teddy Roosevelt, Thomas Jefferson, FDR, number six; Barack Obama, number seven; John Adams, number eight; Dwight D. Eisenhower, number nine; James Madison, number ten. Uh, then came Ulysses S. Grant, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, Harry Truman, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson. Uh, they put Donald Trump at twenty-five. I don't see where Biden is on this on this list. But when you look at another list. Another sort of ranking. They have Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, FDR, Teddy Roosevelt, Dwight D. Eisenhower. They have Ronald Reagan beating Barack Obama. Barack Obama beating John Adams, James Madison, the Bushes. And then they put Donald Trump, uh, I think, uh, 44th on the list. But Franklin Pierce, Andrew Johnson, James Buchanan after that. So every survey, you know, has its own. And that was a survey from 2021 has obviously its own biases, etc. But I, I'm asking you all, what makes a good president? What is it that people want? Safety? That we weren't attacked when they were president? That we had a good economy? That we had good national security? That we had good schools? That we felt safe? That we felt heard? Some people feel we may never get a good president again that our representative democracy is failing and who we elect to be our voice they never might ever get elected again and you don't have a voice now uh, I being president's not easy now, that's why I honor President's Day. I think it's, it's fantastic that we, you know, remember that people are putting their lives on the line for us to be led, even though, you know, some presidents get to take a lot of vacations, hang out on the beach, uh, etc. You know, they are. They are, uh, you know, always in harm's way. That's why they always have to have Secret Service protection. But, you know, I, are our presidents, you know, really that good? I mean, when you look at George Washington, who fought and led the revolution and allowed us to be, you know, America. Yeah, that ranks pretty high. Abraham Lincoln stopping slavery. These things are huge. So I think every president wants to come in and be that Abraham Lincoln or George Washington or that somebody who just makes a huge difference. Some people love Barack Obama. Some people can't stand what he did. Some people love Trump. Some people can't stand what he did. And so President's Day is one of the most kind of intriguing holidays, because you would think this would be a day that would unite Americans. And instead, you hear, not my president, you know, Sleepy Joe, um, you know, orange hair. You know, you, people will mock. I mean, they had naked statues of our president. Then I get, you know, we, we're a free country. We have freedom of speech. But other countries watch this. And you know, we look very, very divided. We look like we're not being led. We look like we can't agree on the simplest, most basic things, and that there's our, there are powers that be that want us divided. I mean, we could be going into World War III. We have a migrant crisis like we never have. We have people that are homeless. We have kids failing in school. And really, We're fighting over so much minutia. And so to me, a good president is, one, somebody that actually puts America first and says, look, and I'm not saying, you know, don't help other countries. But go look, if our borders are weak, if Americans are dying at the hands of other individuals, if we have American hostages being taken and stuck in Gaza, we need to put America. You mess with one American, you mess with all of us. America first. The president has your back. You want to know that your boss has, when you run a company, a president should be somebody who like runs a company. They understand the security. They understand the inner workings. They know everything from the 52nd floor to the basement of how things work. They want to make sure their workers feel, um, uh, uh feel respected, feel heard, have frequent meetings, give us frequent updates explain to us why you're making some of these rules or decisions you know such as leaving the front door to the corporate building open yeah, i mean i mean you know explain to us what it is that you're doing or why and and not having any sort of secondary gain or maliciousness and don't lie to us so to me a good president is one who leads keeps us safe puts America first, listens to America, and doesn't screw up. one 877 don't go away. Dr. Dalia here. Are you tired, gaining weight, burned out, stressed out?
1: Yours free at MySolarBackup.com.
3: Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at Sunny-Bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from Sunny-Bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at Sunny-Bay.com. Or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay.
1: Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil.
2: on The Dr. Dahlia Show. Thank you all for tuning in. 1-877-DOC-DALI, one docdali Big thanks to Genesis Communications Network for making the show happen. Big thanks to Daniel, our producer. And big thanks to you all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dr. Dahlia and on Facebook, The Dr. Dahlia Show. So this, um, <coughs> this fraud case against Trump where he was found... I guess, uh, guilty and has to pay $355 million uh, is really making people fume. And in fact, there are truckers who want to now boycott New York City with deliveries as a result of what happened to Trump. Now, just to put things into perspective, back in 1995, O.J. Simpson who was on trial for the wrongful death of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman, even though he was acquitted, right? If the glove don't fit, acquit. Even though he was acquitted, the civil trial um, that that started in 1996 ended up awarding the families who lost two loved ones $33.5 million. Okay, that was a civil trial for wrongful death. $33.5 $33.5 million. And I get that's you know, right, 30 years ago. But really, Trump didn't assault anybody, hurt anybody in this. This is a case that has to do with him you know, trying to get a better loan. And he was accused of inflating the value of something to get a better loan. And mind you, if if, if he's guilty of something, he's guilty of something. But really, $355 million fine. Do we see any other equitable amounts of that in civil trials that involve rape, murder, pedophilia, trafficking? It it looks ridiculous. And so truckers say they're going to take action. And this falsely inflating asset valuations to obtain more favorable terms should not have warranted the amount uh, I don't think Trump is allowed to, I guess, own a company for the next couple of years, and, and I think the governor had to reassure other New Yorkers that, don't worry, you guys are safe, which doesn't make sense, so it's only Trump that gets in trouble. I mean, if this is something that's the biggest uh, uh, crime of the century, then wouldn't they want to be consistent with that, unless maybe they themselves? Now, I mean, how many times have you tried to sell something on Craigslist, you know, or eBay? Going, oh, this is worth fifty bucks, and it's probably worth forty. Now, how many times have we disagreed with the blue book when we tried to sell our used car? And again, I'm not equating what Trump was allegedly found guilty of to that, but really. Three hundred fifty five million. And and where's all the other cases on all the rape and murder? And uh, uh, we just found out there was a uh, American tourist. I think this happened. Was this last year? Where he had uh, thrown uh, there was two women, he threw one over the. Castle, there's a castle in Germany. Um, uh, oh, I forget the name of the castle. It's gorgeous. It's what Disney, Walt Disney, uh, paralleled for Disneyland. And then, um, he's accused of raping the other tourist. Uh, he's an American. And I think, uh, right now they're doing his case. And this happened a while ago. And so, you know, I, I get why the truckers are mad. And the trucker boycott could cost the city millions. They said if New York loses just 10% of the trucks going there, their prices will skyrocket on everything from milk to eggs to any type of goods that the consumer needs. This is, um, Jennifer Hernandez, a trucker who supports the boycott. She was interviewed on News Nation. So this is interesting. Of course, it's going to be appealed and uh, I'm not sure how far it'll go, but I, this is why here we are on president's day. And we're probably at our lowest point with the exception of civil war on the divide this country has. And and the it, you know, one thing that I stand for is I want justice, but I want it even across the board. And when you see some people like that, what was it that girl that stabbed her? Boyfriend, after doing marijuana together, I think she stabbed him 108 times. She only got community service in California. Is there going to be a civil fraud case against her for killing her boyfriend? And then how many millions? And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe justice these days is whoever has more money gets a higher uh, settlement offer or amount. So because Trump has a lot of money, we'll make his number. But really, did he have more money than O.J. Simpson did? And again, we're not talking about somebody getting killed. And so you know, do these trucker boycotts, you know, will they help? Well, we've seen trucker boycotts. In fact, in late 2021, there was a boycott in Colorado. Truckers were furious over a 110-year prison sentence for a truck driver who was involved in a crash that killed four people. I don't know if you remember that. And so the truckers came together. God, I love truckers. They came together. And Colorado Governor Jared Polis reduced the driver's sentence to 10 years. Millions had signed a petition. There was such an outcry. Even celebrities such as Kim Kardashian spoke out. So, you know, this trucker boycott with New York, you know, it might. I don't know if it's going to go, you know, people own uh, these trucks. They don't, a lot of truckers don't own them themselves. They need the job. But we don't have a lot of truckers. And truckers have been sidelined for a long time. And they have the ability to have a voice. I mean, I'm very humbled by what truckers do and the risk they are constantly taking on our roads and their health and being away from their families. And so I'm pro-trucker. Right, I'm pro uh, first responders. I'm pro law enforcement. I'm pro teacher. I'm pro whoever is busting their butts and putting their lives on the line and putting their health on the line and their careers on the line and their me- their mental health on the line. And so, you now I, they're, um, you know, they're they're upset, and I, I don't know if it's going to do anything to, you know, shave three fifth three hundred fifty five million. I mean, that's ridiculous. Not allowing him to work in New York. That, and, and the question is, is well, then, is everybody that has applied for a loan going to get in trouble for, for that? And are they going to be then uh, uh, found guilty and needing to pay hundreds of millions of dollars? See, any property I've had, there's an appraiser. So the appraiser comes out. They say what it's worth. You know, so I'm not exactly sure how this worked, you know, in terms of, you know, because appraisers can figure out pretty easily what something's worth. But uh, uh, it's interesting to see how the public is not having this. And the more this stuff happens to Trump, the more popular he gets, because it's feeding the narrative of we have a one sided justice system. He's in court, it seems, every other day. Yet what about all these other criminals? And and people who killed people. And it's it's just frustrating to me. So as a physician, as a mom, as a business owner, I don't want to see how things are fair for one and and not for other. Do you know how much training they are now giving doctors and healthcare workers on bias and discrimination and equity and inclusion? We are supposed to, which I agree with, we're supposed to treat everybody, uh, give everybody equal access, do not pick and choose, do not discriminate. Now, I also think we have to be understanding that certain ethnicities might need different medications or different screenings. I thought it was ridiculous that we weren't screening for colon cancer or prostate cancer for a black man until they were 50. That has to be done earlier. So I'm, I, I think we all have to understand, you know, that, that the care needs to be given without bias. And if somebody needs to have surgery, you don't pick one or the other or only pick a side. You have to, you know, Try to, I guess, help everybody. But now in law, it looks like there's not equity. I mean, that was pretty random to me. $355 million. And I'm sure the judges and the lawyers have everything all spelled out. But it's, you know, seeing it, the truckers pull together, I don't know if this boycott will go anywhere. If it does, um, yes, there's going to be other individuals affected. I, you, what I would also wonder is you pull Trump and his um, business and money that flows into New York. Does that hurt New York? Once he leaves New York, you know, we already see a lot of big money and corporations saying, I'm out of here. One-eight seven seven Doc Dolly don't go away.
4: Who listens to radio at night? EMTs, truck drivers, law enforcement, and many other hardworking people just like you? buying products and services from companies just like yours. Many companies owe their success to radio. It's the engaging medium. Call 877-996-4327 or email advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com.
0: USA News Update. A major winter storm likely to mean major snow melt, flooding, and landslides throughout the next several days in many parts of California. The highest elevations of the Sierra Nevada mountain range between L.A. and San Francisco is getting anywhere between 3 and 5 feet of new snow. It will almost certainly mean a massive snow melt. Flood alerts, high surf advisories, and coastal flooding advisories covering both the Bay Area and the L.A. area, all the way south to San Diego. Former President Trump bringing a Michigan auto worker on stage at a rally over the weekend.
1: Thank you, President Trump. We got your back. The auto workers are going to support this guy like we did in 1620.
0: Addressing a rally crowd of around 2000 Saturday, President Sean Fain of the United Auto Workers Union recently announced the UAW's endorsement of President Joe Biden's re-election effort. I'm Ryan Daniels,
6: USA News. It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.
2: The Dr. Dolly show. Thank you all for tuning in. 1-877-Doc Dolly 1877-DOC D A So hospitals are crying for help. They need help. And if hospitals don't get the help they need, they go under. They close. We are being told that forty-three percent of rural hospitals are operating in the red. This is being reported from data from Chartist, a Chicago healthcare advisory services form, firm, and being reported by Fox News. Since 2010, a total of 141 rural hospitals have closed, while another 453 are at risk of closure. Now, we have had some hospitals open up in certain areas um, in more metropolises, but in terms of rural hospitals, I've been hearing the same thing. No staff, money not coming in. And the seven states with the most hospitals vulnerable to closures include Texas, we'll have 45. Close, Kansas, 38, close. Nebraska, 29, will close. Oklahoma, 22. North Carolina, 19 hospitals. Georgia, 18 hospitals. And Mississippi, 18 hospitals. In Florida, Tennessee, and Nebraska, more than 41% of rural hospitals are at risk for closure. Between 31 to 40 percent of rural hospitals being at risk fall in Utah, South Dakota, Kansas, Oklahoma, Alabama, North Carolina, and South Carolina. They say in Wyoming, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Georgia, 26 to 30 percent of the rural hospitals are in danger of closing. So the analysis identified seven factors that have the biggest impact. Two of those were the numbers of years the hospital is in the red, not making a profit. Um, The study also looked at the hospital's average number of inpatients during the year and the average daily need for skilled nursing facilities. The remaining three factors include the hospital's reliance on inpatient revenue, its share of Medicare outpatient charges, and each hospital's case mix index. They said among the rural hospitals that are still operating, an increasing number are dropping essential health services like cancer treatments, maternal care. 43% 43% of these hospitals are operating at a financial deficit, according to Charters. So Michael Topchik, national leader of the Chartist Center for Rural Health, said as the urgency of the pandemic disappears, the return of policy-driven reimbursement cuts, population health disparities, and the nurse staffing crisis will apply renewed pressure to the rural health safety net. So what, what does that mean for you or I? So I see patients in multiple states and when somebody needs to go to the hospital and they say you need to go to the hospital or you need to get checked out they say i it's 50 miles away the nearest one is 50 miles away okay you a 50 mile drive now i might be able to make it in 45 minutes but you now a single lane road traffic you're in labor that 50 miles is not adequate i'm hearing that some people around the time of their delivery, are going to take out a motel near a hospital so they can at least be in the city when they have to give birth. Now, and it's, it's frustrating because we have, as a taxpayer, I mean, I pay a lot in taxes. I'm sure you all do too. I'm paying that money, one, because I want to help the roads, want to help the schools, want to help the hospitals, but also... Because there's this promise that the country will take care of me. I take care of others, and then when I need help, they take care of me. It's a nice system if somebody isn't mismanaging the money. Or if they aren't having consistent rules where people that sneak into this country illegally could get free health care, but you can't. You have to pay. Um. What happens with hospitals, people think hospitals are super, super rich. There's some medical centers that make bucks. I, I there no lie about that. But when you have these other hospitals where people are not paying the bills and you're relying on the government to infuse money in, like Denver Health, there's only so much money. You could only print so much. And when it costs more rent. Your staff, your insurance, your supplies. I go to a medical supply company to see what band aids and things are going to cost. It's ridiculous the pricing. So I, if I need to get band aids, I'll go to Walmart. The you know, but hospitals they can't just say, okay, somebody run down to Walmart. Every every dollar has to be it's it, it it's you know much easier to just show all the invoices from your medical supply companies. These medical su- supply companies are charging more. They, they have to advertise. They have to deliver. And so, you know, with maternity care, that's a struggle because if you have people calling out and you don't have enough individuals who could deliver babies, these wards are closing. You know, I told you when I was an ER doc in Lake Havasu, they had asked me if I could cover OB. There were no OBs in the city this one weekend to cover. And I said, I can't. They go, but you could deliver babies, You could perform a C-section. I go, but the problem is, is I do not know. I've only performed a few C-sections. I delivered babies before, but I can't perform an emergency hysterectomy. And I remember the, the business, the suit said, we're not asking you to perform emergency hysterectomies. And I said, look, if anything goes wrong in a labor or delivery, the doctor that is going to be taking over the care... Needs to know how to do everything in ideal conditions and in severe life-threatening conditions. And if there's a problem or a bleed, I'm not trained in that. Bring somebody in from another city to cover. Yes, I will deliver a baby in the ER. Anytime somebody needs a baby delivered, I'm going to jump in. But don't have me the lead. I'm not, I'm not Uh, uh, certified in that i'm not you know and and so you know if you have rural hospitals that don't have the staff you can't be open you can't just ask an er doc can you manage the maternity ward you know they could only do so much and then of course the pain you know when i had surgery i had to pay up front they before i got naked And they gave me a gown. Before they even took me to the back, I had to pay up front. I didn't mind doing it. But, you know, the average person is not doing that who's using these hospitals. And as an ER doc, I didn't care if you had money or not. I wanted to get you better. But I needed to reach for things on shelves. I needed to grab a staff person who was being paid a lot of money. It costs money when you take care of somebody for free. And so these rural hospitals, they could only do so much. And so a sign that they're in trouble is they're starting to limit expensive uh, and complex aspects to their care. Well, uh, we don't want women delivering at home in case, God forbid, they need a C-section or something more, more severe. So there's a rural hospital emergency designation. It was enacted in Congress in December 2020 as a means ensuring emergency medical services in rural hospitals. Oh, hold on a second. I just lost this. Uh, That may lack resources. And when a hospital is designated as a rural hospital emergency designation, it is able to provide emergency department services, observational care, some outpatient services, as long as the patient doesn't stay over 24 hours. So what they're doing is they're, they're, uh, they're letting the hospital off the hook on some of the things they have to do. But you as a patient, you still need a place to go. As I've said, what we're going to probably start seeing is home hospital. There's just not enough hospitals, not enough beds, not enough staff. So that will then allow people to be at home, get care at home, not get nosocomial infections from other people who are sick, and then have family members help give care or a home health nurse. And I really foresee that is coming soon because when you get turned away and you don't have a hospital bed, it's, I, I'd rather we have another system in place where you could go home and still have care. One eight seven seven Doc Dolly.
9: Hey, y'all, Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear.
6: Only you can prevent wildfires.
9: That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. starting a wildfire so for the love of the outdoors go to smokeybear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention brought to you by the u.s forest service your state forester and the ad council
6: it's easy to see we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families we all know something big is coming and that's why so many folks are preparing They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare.
2: The Dr. Dahlia Show, one eight seven seven Dr. dolly one eight seven seven d docdali Big thanks to Genesis Communications Network for making the show happen. Big thanks to Daniel, our producer. And big thanks to you all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Dr. Dahlia, and on Facebook, The Dr. Dahlia Show. All right, so uh, this EV, electric vehicle anxiety, is real. And we have a lot of Americans a little panicked about them having to give up their cars them having to use a vehicle that they might not be that excited about based on their history and drama with power outages and power and cords. And these mandates are starting to take new turns, as we've seen with California and some cities wanting to ban new gas stations unless gas stations have at every pump a charger. Well, if a gas station has to pay for that, then, you know... Are the, char- are the prices going up? And how do you do that if you need to go and get gas and now somebody's sitting there for 20, 30 minutes getting a charger, getting a charge? So it's been causing anxiety. And, and for those individuals who are struggling with finances, going, look, at least my truck is good. I got to pay the rent. I got to pay food. But at least I could rely on my Toyota for the next year. Toyota's pretty, pretty dependable as far as I'm concerned. I can at least rely on that for the next five years. But with these EV mandates... And the changes that cities are going to go through to make sure that we 're all uh, um, in compliance is making people nervous well, the consumer can only do so much if they don 't have thirty forty fifty sixty grand to buy an electric vehicle now, that by the way is going to be very hard to resell uh, I mean unless you have one hell of a warranty for the battery. Yeah you you can't force an American to buy something they don't just like you couldn't force an American to get a shot. Okay? You you know, we, this is America. We're supposed to be free. You know, it's supposed to be about personal choices. Make an educated decision. So we're hearing from CNN that the Biden administration is considering relaxing some of these stringent vehicle emissions rules that it proposed last year giving automakers a little more time to meet requirements that would make them sell more electric vehicles. The EPA's vehicle emissions rule is a key part of President Joe Biden's climate agenda. Biden has made the transition to EVs as a signature issue of his presidency, stressing the economic impacts in addition to the boost for the climate. Although I really do question what's happening to the climate when you have to install all these electrical Wires and charges and grid, and you have a heavier vehicle. When you have environmentalists saying that we're too heavy, that the ground is heating up because of our cars, our businesses, our buildings, you yeah. uh, the the tire explosion for the climate, the lithium battery. How do you recycle those? What do you do with the lithium battery when it's done? So there, you know, I don't think everybody's on the same page of how the EVs are going to be you know, saving the planet from climate disaster. But they said instead of a previously proposed rule that would rapidly increase the number of EVs sold to meet strict emissions requirements, the EPA might delay some of these requirements until after 2030. The EPA rule is not finalized. So right now I think the rule in play is by 2030, half of all new cars have to be zero emissions either hybrid, electric. And so for those of us that have no intention this decade of buying a new vehicle, yeah, it's starting to make us a little nervous. Now, especially since whenever the government does something and, and they make these rules, if you notice, if you were just patient, they actually reverse course. Or they, without apologizing, Admit to maybe this doesn't work. I I mean, look at what happened with our military. We fired people we needed in the military, and we don't have the staff, all the staff we need. And we fired them over a vaccine mandate. Now the military is like, look, you're not going to be dishonorably discharged. If you feel like coming back, reach out to us. They're not necessarily apologizing, but that's one sign of "Mm, maybe we weren't right the first time around, I mean, same thing with mandates, with lockdowns. I mean, go, the government can't get government workers to come back to the office, and so now taxpayers are like, "Are you going to sell the building? Why are we paying rent for every, for empty office buildings?" You now, and even political officials are saying, "We don't want to lock down again. We don't want to lock down again." No, okay? you, know, you you did that too quickly. So, is the government going to regret? Um, you know, forcing Americans to take on cars that stress the electric grid and don't allow the flexibility that gas-powered cars have. Are they going to later regret that? Well, already this is one sign of regret. You have automakers and car lots saying, I can't sell the electric vehicles. You made us make them, and we can't sell them. So I personally am always on the side of think things through don't make a big huge legislative promise or mandate and not understand that there could be ramifications of that you know and and so look at with Obamacare you could have very easily just had a one line item saying pre-existing conditions should not be an exclusion with insurance companies let's let that sit settle simmer how what did that do to the healthcare industry? What did that do to insurance? Instead, it was a multi-thousand dollar page bill. Well, we'll just all figure it out. Well, how are we figuring it out? A lot of doctors are leaving. Right? Doctors have closed the practices. Patients have high deductibles. People are not going in to get seen so some of their bills are changing whereas their colonoscopy might have been covered more. Now they have a higher bill because technically insurance said, look, we're high we're paying for the scope going in. We're just not paying for the biopsies because now that's not a screen. So Obamacare was a mess. And so I fear that this electric vehicle mandate is also a mess. I mean, there's a better way to do this. You know, incentivizing people to go electric. I think it's a great idea. This way you don't feel forced. Whoever want, buys electric, there will be uh, uh, an incentive on your taxes, if that's what they really want. You know, um, We will research thoroughly what could happen to our electric grid if we do have 355 million people in this country and maybe... Um, let's say, a third of them eventually go on electric vehicles. We are going to study our current electric grids and what they can handle and what happens if our power gets cyber-attacked. And how are we going to have generators? You know, what other options are you going to have if you live in an apartment and you don't have your own garage and you your nearest gas station is 25 miles away? You know, we have a plan for that or we are going to look into it but instead they made these rules 2030 that's that's the benchmark and that's where we're going to have 50 percent of all um you know new cars zero emissions it's nice to have zero emissions i think that's nice but i am not convinced that they've thoroughly researched the other issues on the on the environment see i'm very pro water i love water And we are being told by firefighters that these electric vehicle car fires, they're dropping tens of thousands of gallons to try to extinguish them. Has anybody talked about the water impact? Car fires happen all the time. Fuel, electric. But electric car fire takes longer. I don't know if Ann Hetch's car was hybrid or electric, but it took an hour to extinguish that fire. That these are things that we need to think about. And so if the government starts to relax just a little bit, good. Um, but, it, you know, the, the, there's only so much the consumer can do. And if these consumers are saying, I'm not buying it, I tell you right now, I would love to have one. I just I'm not buying it right now. I don't have the money for a new car. Yeah, That's why I bought an American car that i could trust we got chevrolets well you know i'm not ready to buy you know something else because i purposely put faith in our american-made vehicles one 877dolly do not go away it's
6: easy to see we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now, 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla.
8: I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you, too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800 no tax or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com.